Hi, and welcome to the Fit Chick Podcast, where it is our mission to change the lives of 1 million females on how to live a healthy, active, and fulfilled life. For tons of free articles, videos, and more, be sure to head over to fitchicks.com.au. We hope you enjoy today's episode. Hello, and welcome to another Fit Chick podcast. Podcast. I am your host today, Brett Campbell, and today I have a very lovely guest with me, um, someone very special to our Fitchick world, um, and someone who's grown to be a very good friend of ours. And this particular person, um, I'm actually looking at her right now. It's uh, six thirty a.m. her time in the morning, and she's she's actually just gotten up. Um, she was a little bit concerned about. Um, thinking we were going to do the video and we're going to show it to everyone, which we still might because I, I am recording this as well. Um, uh-huh. <laughs> I did do my hair. <laughs> yeah, but uh, this this person we've got on the line, um, her name is is Chrissy, um, and Chrissy has been a, a member of Fit Chicks from pretty much day dot. Um, she's a very inspirational person, but um, I'm sure she could tell a better story about herself because she did tell me she doesn't mind talking um, a little bit. <laughs> I'm, I'm putting you on the spot here, aren't I, Chrissy? But uh, I'm going to hand over to you, Chrissy, and I just want you to give our listeners, um, for the ones who don't know you, um, just give us your background. Where, what do you do? Um, and yeah, anything extra special that you want to you add to it? Mm, okay. All right. Well, I am 40 this year. Just turned 40. Big 4-0. Did the party. Um, come from a background of sitting on my butt on the couch. Was a little bit active when I was younger, but not really keen. Have heaps of um, health problems over the years. Uh, now have two children, a husband, you know, happy life, happy wife type thing. Um, but it was only three or four years ago that I sort of thought, well, Something's got to give because I've been sick for a very long time. Um, had a few events in life, lost my father suddenly and things like that that sort of woke me up. Um, yeah, and then one day I just said, I was literally one of those people that said, I've had enough, something's got to give, today's the day, and I sort of took it from there. There was a few, you know, events leading up to it that were sort of the pivotal moment, if you like. Yeah. But really, yeah, I literally just woke up one day and said, I can't do this anymore. I can't be sick anymore. I'm sick of, you know, I've got young kids. I can't do anything with them. You know, they're at the beach playing. I'm sitting on my butt reading a book up the, you know, in the sand dunes type thing. So in my, you know, big T-shirt and my big shorts and hiding and, yeah, didn't want to do anything. So, yeah, something had to give basically. Yeah, and, and I'm, I'm sure so many so many people can relate to that side of things because sometimes that's what it takes. It, it it's not the prickle that uh, that gets you to take action. It's the it's the effect that it causes. And, and in your case, it sounds like there's a few things happening there. So let's let's go back to that spot for a moment and that that day or or week that you you decided to make the change and and um, I guess what what sort of things were you thinking of at that stage? I.e., like what was your game plan? What were you going to do to change your world? I guess. Um, my game chat, <laughs> it all started one very drunken night, which is probably not what you want to hear, but that was no, the beginning we, of it. We definitely want to hear those <laughs> stories, yeah, sure. <laughs> um, yeah, after a very, very, very late night sitting in the back shed with a best mate sort of thing and ended in a bit of an argument over various things in life. Um, hubby sort of hid in the corner, was a bit scared who was going to hit who first. Um, yeah, and it ended in tears with both of us. A male friend, he was yelling at me about one thing, I'm yelling at him. And, you know, it boiled down to we were talking about the same things. And I got to the point where I said, well, 
you know what, at the end of the day, I'm just not good enough for anyone. And that was my, you know, I don't feel good enough, I'm, you know, sort of thing. And he looked at me and he took my hand and he said, you know what, mate, you are good enough. And, you know, and he just kept saying it over and over. And after I got over the hangover, which lasted for, I think, about three days, I'm not as young as I used to be, Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, I just sort of thought, you know what, something's going to change. You know, maybe I am good enough. Maybe there is something in this. Um, hubby had said only a week before, how about signing up for a women's fun run that's a local event, which I laughed hysterically at. That week, though, I drove past and said, you know what, I'm going to do that next year. So I, I literally went to my sister-in-law, who was a runner, and said, what's a good time for 5Ks? You know, what should I be expecting to do? And she said, oh, you know, if you aim for 30, 35 minutes. So that was it. I said, right, I'm going to run it in 30 minutes next year. And that's, and that's how I started. I literally looked around at what to do, got onto couch 5K and just started plodding along. And I'd love to say I went out and smashed it on the first day. But, yeah, I couldn't make the end of my street, which is like 200 metres. <laughs> I thought I was going to die. So that was my start to um, health and fitness. And I just sort of went from there. I just plodded away. I'm not one of these people who um, just accept what people tell me. Unfortunately, I'd love to say that I am, but I like to look into stuff and then I found Fit Chicks and that was literally, you guys, you know, I don't want to float your boat because that's, you know, not what I'm about, but hey, you literally have changed so much for me. It's just unbelievable. And I just kept going from there. It's just sort of added, and I'd love to say it was a smooth ride, but it certainly wasn't. There was a lot of tears, a lot of tantrums, a lot of, you know, changing this and changing that and talking to people and learning stuff. Yeah. It's been a big journey, yeah, very so, big. So obviously, it sounds like you, you know, you, you you got to that point. You needed to take some form of action, and you decided to run the five k. So, out of curiosity, what uh, what time did you get for the five k? Did you did you do that five k the next year? Twenty nine minutes and fifty eight seconds. Oh, look at that! <laughs> Damn near killed me, but I did it. <laughs> and uh, what what did that do? I guess uh, I'd like to take a little bit of a trip back to that moment when you're running over that five k finish line. Um, if you take yourself back to it, like what what's, what sort of well, what was happening for you at that at that time? What did that prove to you or do for you moving forward? Uh, I hit the finish line and cried. I actually, it's the first and only race I've ever lined up at the very front because there was nobody who was getting in my way. I stood at the very front of the queue and thought there is nobody who's going to stop me doing this. Got over the line and cried. Do you know I've been running for three years? I think I've run under thirty minutes possibly three or four times. Yeah. And because it just stopped being important. That was it was important at that time. Yeah. And it's time so it doesn't matter to me anymore. It's it's more about, you know, the next goal sort of thing and setting I guess it proved to me that I could do it. That was the first thing. Yeah. I mean it proved that, you know, if I set my mind to something I actually can do amazing things and yeah. So I just Keep setting higher and harder challenges now. So I noticed you said something there that really stood out to me is the um, you, you broke the the first time you ever ran the five k you, you broke the thirty minutes, but you've only done it about three or four times since because of the um, I guess you'd say the the importance level has dripped it off on that particular um, event. So let's talk about that for a minute. The actual importance of importance on a goal, like how how important is it to actually be focused on a particular outcome. To me, if I'm not focused on a set outcome, it's not going to happen. It's, it's part of my person, and I think it's part of a lot of people's personality. If you don't have a reason to do it, I mean, my reason to do it was not to run 5Ks under 30 minutes. 
that was the outcome, but that wasn't really my reason. My reason was to prove to myself mm. that I could take something on and do it. That was, and that's always been everything I've tried to do in this health and fitness journey, because I always call it a journey, because um, it has been, is to get to the outcome or get to my specific goal. So it's, yeah, it's not about doing the 5Ks under 30 minutes, although that was great. It was more about me achieving something, putting my mind to something and actually doing it and not giving in like I not used to do all the time, Excellent. finding an excuse. And what, what was it that made you choose running? Like what was, was it anything in particular um, or what was, the, what was the main reason behind the running <laughs> side of it? I wouldn't say I liked running because I hated it. <laughs> I, um, I don't really know why I chose running. I think it was more just because hubby had, you know, set the challenge sort of thing, or oh, you could do that as a joke. And I'm like, yeah, no, I can do that. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm a little bit stubborn, always have been. My mother would tell you that in a heartbeat. Um, so I guess I just, yeah, set the challenge. And it hasn't always been about running. I swap and change. And, I mean, I've just, just done my last big running thing, so now I'll swap and do something else. So I'll move on to a, a different challenge for myself. I find if I keep doing the same thing, I don't stick with it. I do what I love. I just, you know, at the time. Cool. So. And let's let's talk about that next big running thing that you're talking about there, because um, you've just recently completed your first full marathon, correct? No, I'm crazy. <laughs> <laughs> so let, let's talk, uh, let's talk about that then, because if you know, if we take a bit of a um, a step back to a few years ago, where you know you couldn't even run 200 meters down the street and now you've just finished um, a 42-kilometre run. Um, what, what sort of things needed to change for you from that, you know, when you, when you completed your 5K run to that whole process? Give us a little bit of a, um, a background of the story of, you know, what made you actually, number one, decide to want to run 42 kilometres? Um, and what's, what sort of things needed to change in your life um, to make that happen? A mindset was the biggest, single biggest thing. They tell you when you're about to run a marathon, it will change you. And me being me went, nah, it's just running 42 k's. How hard can that be? Yeah, no. It seriously changed everything you know, in life. But my mindset from day one of you know learning to change my whole lifestyle involved so much of working out who I actually was. I mean, I've spent... I'm 40. I spent 37 years of that, you know, trying to work out who the hell I was. And it took a lot of, I've got a boxing bag basically, and I kicked it and I punched it and I scream at it and I cry at it and I, you know, do all stupid, crazy things in the privacy of my own home, I might add, um, <laughs> to work out who I was. And it wasn't until I realized that I don't actually have a fear of failing. Failing doesn't bother me. That's how you learn. But I do have a fear of succeeding. Because what if I succeed and I'm still not actually good enough? And that's always been my... So until I worked out my why and my reason for wanting to change, nothing was ever going to change. I mean, I've done diets for years and you know, I just dropped the weight, put the weight back on, say I'm going to do something, stop because, you know, I don't, don't really think I can do it. But for the marathon, the marathon I actually got talked into, a running friend of mine... Um, wanted to run a marathon and I said oh look I'm not really into the whole concept of running a marathon I'll do I'll do half marathons that sort of thing so I can do that she then got injured and I went on to run a marathon <laughs> uh, not 100% sure how that worked but it was purely oh look honestly someone told me I had a fat ass and I couldn't run a marathon <laughs> and so I went to prove him wrong which I did and I did send him the message with the photo 
just run a marathon. <laughs> to me, it's all about proving stuff. You know, it's proving to myself more than anyone else. I mean, I, you know, his comment didn't really bother me. I, you know, water off a duck's back sort of thing. It's, yeah. To me, it's about proving that I can do something and that I am actually good enough. You know, I, I did run 42Ks and I'm damn proud of that, you know. I was second last. Wasn't quite last, but I was second last. I was telling you earlier, Brett, the first guy finished when I was halfway. And you know what? I cheered him just as I cheered the last person. It's, you know, good on him. That's his dream, his goal. Mine was to finish, and I did it. So, you know, it's all about what's in my head yeah. at this point. So. And, and I think the big, the, yeah, a couple of points there is that, um, and me knowing you, you know, well enough now is that you're doing the best you can with what you've got and that's a philosophy that I always like to follow and, and you can always, where some people may get totally defeated that, oh my gosh, someone just finished the whole marathon whilst I'm only halfway. Um, we've got to remember what's what's going on for that person is certainly not what's going on for you. Um, and something that you said there that, you know, I'm a massive advocate of and I know you know that is, you know, finding actually who you are and, and finding your why and and um, it's one of those things that become very, very frustrating at times because you you can go around searching for, you know, what am I even here for? Why am I here? What's, what's my purpose type of thing? So when you actually discovered or you had a better understanding of, you know, finding yourself, um, what sort of key things, if any, like changed in your life moving forward from that, that point, if you can go back to that? One of the things that, and I, and I still believe it, is the biggest problem in the weight loss industry or the health industry is that people are just getting into it, get all this advice, and it's it's all about doing it right, doing it perfectly. You know, you've got to train six days a week for an hour a day and you've got to eat this and you've got to do... And when I realised that, you know, you actually don't have to... You know, you've got to find what works for you. I've got two young kids. I don't have time to train for an hour a day. I'd love to do that, but I'd have to tie them up and put them in the cupboard and we'd mug them or something. And it's not going to happen, you know. I'm expecting children to walk in any time because they're going to get up and uh, be ready for breakfast and ready for school. That's my life, you know. And once I realised that it didn't have to be perfect, I didn't have to follow a perfect, you know, regime, training, you know... It, I played Wii with the kids. That was, you know, half my fitness. I was trying to beat my daughter on Just Dance on Wii. You know, that that was my workout for the day and that was okay. And, you know, my diet is not always 100% clean. I, you know, I don't have the ability to do that in my life. You know, I'd love to say I can, but I don't know anyone that could maintain that unless you're, you know, super strict. It's, for me, it doesn't work. I can't go to gyms. I don't have, you know, hubby leaves early in the morning. I've got two young children at home. I can't just go out and run, you know. I can't just go out and go to the gym for an hour or whatever. It just doesn't work with my lifestyle. So it was about finding what worked for me and fit it into my lifestyle, basically. Yeah, and, and that's, again, a very, very valuable point for everyone listening out there is the stop following someone else's dream and just start trying to live your own um, because everyone's lifestyle is different. Everyone's, um, you know tasks and so forth that they need to accomplish each day are different and you just need to fit in, in what works for you and it's that whole thing and I'm, I'm totally with you as well that the fitness industry is well the health and fitness industry um, is a very controversial industry because yeah there's studies coming out now that you know you actually don't even need to work out every day you can work out you know 
three times a week and still achieve great results. But it all comes back to the intensity in which you work out and a whole heap of different other variables. And for myself, I mean, I train three or four times a week, anywhere from 30 to 40 minutes. Now, most people would think, oh, you train six times a week, Brett. You, you must be there for an hour. You must eat this, 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 and this. And it's like, no, I, I don't. I, I have those times where I'll skip a meal and you know, I'll have those times where oh, maybe I shouldn't have that extra serving there. But you know what? Guess what? I do it because it, it's, you know, it fits me. I'm happy with that. I'm content with that. Where we go back to is that whole point of where if you're doing these things and you still ask yourself the question, am I currently happy with what I've got or am I currently happy with where I am? And your answer is no, then you need to start making changes moving forward. So it sounds like for you, it was just finding that balance to be able to have a great family life um, and also you know, remain health, healthy and um, a lot fitter as well. So let's talk about the marathon. What leading up to the marathon? So your, your training regime obviously you know, would change dramatically because you wouldn't just turn up to the uh, the 42k and you know, pump it out all in one. So what's what a, for anyone out there listening who's been thinking about possibly um, you know wanting to run a marathon or or a longer distance race, maybe a half marathon even. What sort of um, training tips would you give the people out there? Um, one of the biggest was life had to change. I mean, I had to sacrifice things. You should see my house at the moment. I'm sitting with a wall behind me that only you can see, obviously, Brett, but that's because the rest of my house is currently trashed. Um, you know, I had to give something up, and I talked to Hubby about it, and support is one of the biggest things, you know, regardless of what you're doing. If you don't have the support of your family, it's always going to be tougher, but it's, it's doable. But I had to work it in with, again, with my life. I mean, I couldn't go out and run four hours on the weekend. It you know, it's it's not fair on my family to ask them that. So I don't work Tuesdays. Tuesdays became my run day. You know, it was don't call me on a Tuesday sort of thing. My phone's off. Mm-hmm. And, so it, again, it became fitting it in with what I could do. Um, and, yeah, there were sacrifices. So, you know, the kids had to come on board. My kids are only six and nine, but, you know, they knew if mum was running, well, you know, there's no point in asking or anything. And, you know, Tuesday afternoon, mum's going to be a little bit dopey because she's been running for four hours. You know, that's and, – and they were great. But, yeah, I mean, you have to lift it up. You have to ramp it up. You have to have a training plan. You have to know your stuff. You know, get something that works with your life. Make sure your plan fits in to where it is. Eat properly and eat according to your goals. I mean, you're going to eat more. I'm probably the only person in the world that's trained for a marathon that didn't lose weight because I ate, you know, and that was that was okay. It wasn't my my goal was not to lose weight while I was training for the marathon. My goal was to finish a marathon. So, you know, that it, it became about fitting into my lifestyle, mm-hmm. getting a good plan happening, getting good food happening, and making sacrifices. And that's you know something always has to go. And for me, it was housework because I don't really like it. Let's face it. <laughs> <laughs> I think that was quite an easy thing. Oh, we'll let that go for a few, yeah. few months there. It's all right. <laughs> and I'm sure I'll find another reason now. <laughs> yeah, of course. There's always a reason. <laughs> I don't want to sit here and pull you up on um, – you, you could have possibly still done your housework, but um, look, that's another conversation. No. <laughs> um, no. So your, your training plan, let's just talk about that for a minute. Leading up, how how far out do you believe you need to start training for a marathon? Because it sounds like, again, your whole journey to running the marathon was um, not as strict as, you, let's say, you turned up to a trainer or, you, you know, you asked me, how do I run a marathon? And I write you a program for it. That wouldn't have fit your lifestyle that you're currently leading. So 
it sounds again that you've made you've found something that can fit to you and you've made it work. So let's talk about what worked for you. How many times a week were you running leading up to um, the marathon and, and what sort of distances were you covering? Um, the marathon itself, I would say 12 weeks, but I'd be lying. I mean, I've been doing this for the whole year, really. I've done two half marathons this year already. Yep. I signed up for a obstacle challenge, which I very cheerfully broke my shoulder doing, so that sort of put me back eight weeks. You'd be able to run around um, your house, wouldn't you, by the sounds of it, obstacle challenge at the moment? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> over the washing pile. Yeah, climb over the washing <laughs> pile, under the chicken. Um, yeah, so they kind of put through me, and at that point I sort of went, oh, you know, I'm not going to do the marathon, I can't. You know, that was June. I said, there's no way I can train for a marathon now, eight weeks in, I sort of was sitting around my house, putting on weight, going, this is ridiculous, it's still a couple of months away, you know, I've done two half marathons this year, there's no reason I can't, so I pulled out all the marathon plans I found, find. I had about 20 sitting in front of me, so right, but yes, I looked at everyone, I'm very fussy, um, and I looked at, and I pulled apart and thought, well, I sort of worked out, well, this is the sort of distances they all cover, because they're all similar, like, they're all different, but they're They've got similarities. I picked a beginner plan because I'd never done a marathon before. Um, my only goal was to complete it, so I wasn't worried about that sort of thing. And then I sat and worked out, well, Tuesdays was the day I had to do my long run. Most plans will put it on a weekend because they assume that's when you're going to do it. So I changed that to a Tuesday, and then I just fitted in everything else. I mean, you've got to do cross-training. You can't just run. It's You've, you've got to be strong to to run a marathon. Um, mental strength. When I you say spent... cross-training, just for our listeners, what sort of things did that involve for you? Um, a lot of ab work, core work. You know, I, I was limited in what I could do because of my shoulder. My shoulder's still not 100%, so I can't do things like planks. I can't, um, you know, I can't do a lot of that sort of stuff. I can't do weights at the moment, which is almost killing me. Um, there's a lot of stuff I can't do, so I had to find stuff that I could do. Um, couldn't swim, which is something else they recommend you do when you're training for that sort of thing because I can't rotate my shoulder. So it was a lot of um, floor work and, you know, different things. I do have a, a personal trainer that I see off and on, uh, a local lady in town who's awesome. Um, so I've got a lot of advice from her. My running buddy has actually just finished her personal training course, so she helped me out a bit. Yeah, it was just doing some mixing stuff up, doing interval training, not just running long distance. You can't just get out and pound the pavement. It's not all about that. It is about, you know, being strong and, and mentally strong. There's a lot of a mental component to longer distance running because you're, you're in your own head for five hours. And being in my head for five hours is very scary. <laughs> That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> So let's 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 talk about that then. And you know, you're running you're running the 42 k's. What sort of things are going through your head? Um, while I was actually running the the marathon itself, it was mostly about I just stayed focused on the actual running. I tried not to drift off because when I drift off, I get even slower than I already am. Um, while I was doing the training, though, it's a long distance and it's a long time, and you are in a lot of pain a lot of time. Mm. Um, you're constantly running on sore legs. You're constantly running on sore body sort of thing before you do what's called the taper, which is when you slow down your case before you start. Um, and you start questioning things. You start questioning everything. You know, I question my marriage, I question my family, my friendships, my job, my children. Am I a good parent? You know, do I do this right? Am I, you know, everything. You're inside your head for such a long time. 
and I definitely I've come out the the other side a different a different person in in some ways. I'm a lot um, I know myself a lot better than I did 12 weeks ago. Um, probably a few things I didn't want to know about myself. I've changed a few things in life. I've been unhappy in a job for. I, I do a lot of contract work from home. I've had a client for um, four years who love him dearly, but I'm not doing the company any favours anymore. So I've moved on. I've you know made the decision that it's time for me to move on and for him to find someone else. So you know I had that went through that process. It it just made me reevaluate life, I guess, and and relook at things how I do stuff in my life and what I can change now. So, it's, again, it's just a process of constantly changing things up. I don't think I actually answered your question. I just drifted off then, didn't I? Sorry. <laughs> no, it's a, no, there's some really valid points there. And I guess really, you know, the lesson that can come out of it is is running. You actually do – you're obviously spending a lot of time by yourself, but what it does do is it gives you that, that tranquil type of time to yourself um, to be able to get your thinking and – you know, an example is I've, I've just started playing golf again. So I used to play golf quite a lot um, a few years ago. And um, it's only just been really recently that I've, I've picked the clubs back up and I've uh, started playing. And now I'm about to, to commit to a 12-month membership, which is actually going to obviously keep me committed for a lot longer time. Because what I get from playing that is not how good a shot I'd take or how many um, shots it takes me to, to go around the course. It's, it's the thinking time that you have to yourself and it sounds like your avenue there is the running side of it and um, also I, I do really just want to commend you on being able to complete the marathon because you know you had a whole heap of things stacked up against you you know one not being able to utilize your shoulder which eliminated a lot of different um, modalities to running a marathon because what people don't understand is that you do need to have a strong core to be able to run long distances because it's it's your core that holds you up um, you know, you, you don't want to be finishing the marathon bent over with your hands running along the ground. So, you know, it was good to see that, you know, you, you really pushed through that. So congratulations on that. I'm really proud of you on that. So let's move Sorry, on. I'm to... going to do another one now when my shoulder's better. You are? I'll... Yeah, I'll just do another one. Can I challenge you to do it? <laughs> Maybe walking on your hands, get that shoulder stronger. Oh, yeah. <laughs> A lot of work on the shoulder before that's going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I'm, I'm a big, big fan on... Um, advice now so for me a, a lot of things have changed in my world due to certain advice that I may have heard or something that someone's told me etc so I'm interested in what's the best advice that you can um, or that you can think of right now that you've been given um, in your life it could be given by anyone and it can be to do with anything what's the best piece of advice that you've got or that you've been given <laughs> it's not health and fitness related but it, it, it's one of the best bits of advice that my um now departed father gave me. He said to me once to be careful whose toes you tread on on the way up the ladder because they're the asses you're going to kiss on the way back down. And at the time, I think I was about 16, I just looked at him as if he'd lost his marbles. But like going through life, that's always been, and it doesn't matter what you do, you know, you, you've got to remember where you came from. I mean, I very clearly remember that three years ago I couldn't run 200 metres. So for me, mm. even running the marathon the other day, you know, there was a guy running the half marathon and he was huffing and puffing and he was right at the back. And as I ran past him, I said, you know, keep going, mate. You know, you're doing a great job. And he just looked at me and went, no, I'm not. I said, you're running a half marathon, you know. And he sort of just looked at me and I, I just remember me being the half marathon and looking at people who are running the marathon thinking, wow, I can never do that. Mm. And then slowly it changes to, yeah, I can do that. You know, and I guess the other bit of advice that is 
not to believe everything you hear, not to believe everything you read, to, to question everything, to, to find out for yourself yeah. what, what stuff really is about. And that's where, you know, as much as I love reading your stuff, Brett, you know, and I, you know, I take it on board, I still question it. Oh, Not, how dare you? Oh, no. Oops, <laughs> I said that out loud. I, I, you know, I, I love that I know that you research stuff, but I still, you know, make sure that, that fits with my life. You know, you take on advice that people give you, but it's not always for you. It's not always going to fit. You've got to make it fit yeah. with your own beliefs, I guess, and, you know, what, what you know to be true. Yeah, I Fortunately, agree. most of what you tell me is true, so, you know, that's all good. That's right. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I couldn't. Couldn't agree with you more on those both those points. The first one, um, you know, great advice from your father there. It, it you know ties really nicely into that seek first to understand, then to be understood. Um, exactly. Of, of Stephen Covey. If you haven't read the Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, definitely recommend get out there and read that book because that particular habit in itself is you know it really does. And and I've had to um, check in with myself over time as well because as you progress through life, your um, I guess your brain bank becomes you know you're more well, you know more stuff and, and you're becoming smarter, et cetera, in a particular area. But like you said, you, we all started somewhere. Um, I remember it takes me back to my apprentice days when I first left high school and I was an apprentice cabinet maker. And um, one of the tradesmen told me to go across and ask this other tradesman for a left-hand screwdriver. And um, so I, was, I walked over and asked for the left-hand screwdriver and they just, you know, totally lost it. And and, um, you know, that was, I didn't even know, like, you know, now I'm sitting there going, what a douchebag, why did I do that? But of course, as we progressed, you know, we had a new apprentice come on and I told him to go and ask for the left-hand screwdriver. It was a running joke. But it, again, it's that whole thing of, you know, don't, don't judge someone um, by what they know because they're doing the best of what they've got. And, um, and your second part there, the, you know, don't believe everything you read. And, you know, there's, there's, there's a, probably a couple of parts to that is one, I totally, um, agree with you and I actually tell people to don't believe what I say um, take it on board and if you choose to believe it then that's fine as well but you know it's, it's your responsibility as an adult to be able to then go and um, you know research further if you choose to um, it's it's that whole thing of don't believe it as gospel and you know it's it's really prominent I guess in our Facebook group that we have you know we've got 15,000 ladies in there and you know it's, it's quite an active group and what can happen at times is people will just hear something and then they'll go and share it straight away without actually knowing if that's truth or not. So that's how the health and fitness industry in itself has really um, turned into a very controversial um, process because there's so much information out there saying, well, I heard this from that person and then I heard this from that person. It just becomes a game of Chinese whispers. So let's, um, we're, we're coming to, I know your, your kids are going to be getting up very shortly, so um, I'm aware yeah, of breakfast time over here. Yeah, so what are you cooking us? Um, I, just, yeah. I just want to leave on, um, what's, what's your advice? What, what's your advice to someone sitting out there listening to this who you know, is not really sure what they're really wanting to do? Um, they've been training for some time possibly or they're brand new to training and they just, you know, they're, they're stuck in a rut, I guess you would say. What's your best piece of advice for, for the listener? Um, I suppose it's... it's Two-sided, because you've got two sides of it. You've got your exercise side, you've got your your food intake side. I hate the word diet, so I tend not to use it. Um, diet to me is the food that you eat. It's not limiting the food that you eat. So I say food intake because it doesn't confuse people. Um, I guess on the food intake side is keep it simple. You know, like don't stress about eating clean or you know eating the perfect diet so much as 
start from where you're at and, and change little stuff, you know, just keep it basic. Cut the, you know, rubbish out your diet, cut the sugar out, you know, eat less processed food, eat more fruit and veg, eat lean meat. You know, if you keep it that simple, at the, you know, as the baseline, everything else falls into place, you know. There's plenty of times that I, you know, reach for the biscuit tin or things and to me it's about as I'm reaching for that biscuit, I've got two choices. This is either going to help my journey or it's going to do nothing for it. That's conscious choice I make. And if I make it consciously rather than just, you know, shoveling the food into my mouth, then, you know, if I'm going to eat a biscuit, I'm going to eat a biscuit. You know, but I have to make the conscious choice that that's going to affect me. So that's, you know, from one side of it is I suppose just make conscious choices. Don't just eat for the sake of eating and keep it basic. On the exercise side, pretty much the same advice is keep it simple. Do what you love, you know. If doing what you love is getting up and dancing to the radio for half an hour, do that. If it's running around the backyard with your kids, do that. If it's, you know, running a marathon, you know, choose to do that. But start where you're at. Don't, you know, I didn't run a marathon the first day I started running. Like I said, I couldn't run 200 metres. It's about starting where you're at and moving forward. Don't try and be the best straight away or the perfect exercise regime. You know, start where you're at. Learn to ask questions. You know, find people who are involved in what you want to be involved in and do that. Yeah. Play team sport. You know, it's do something you love, basically. Stick with it. Excellent. Great advice there, Chrissy. And um, thank you very much for uh, taking time out of your day and sharing your a bit of your journey and, and story with, with the listeners. I'm sure they'll um, get a lot out of this. So you go and have a fantastic day. And um, to our listeners, if you want to listen to more of these episodes, head over to fitchicks.com.au um, and check out uh, all the past episodes. Thanks very much, Chrissy. Thanks, guys. See ya.